0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: It's Sunday, June 24th. I'm Margaret Brennan, and this is Face the Nation. Outcry over the president's policy of seizing migrant children from their parents who cross the border illegally forces him to halt those separations midweek. But that sharp reversal leads to confusion and chaos when it comes to trying to solve the immigration crisis. No one has a solution. So the border crisis has become a political lightning
2: rod. This is a policy, and understand this, this was a policy invented, implemented, and executed by President Donald Trump. They want to use the issue, and I like the issue for
3: election, too. Our issue is strong borders, no crime. Their issue is open borders. Let MS-13 all over our country. That's what's going to happen if you listen to them. So we're being very, very tough.
1: We'll talk to Tennessee Republican Senator Bob Corker and a key member of the conservative House Freedom Caucus, Jim Jordan. Plus, we'll ask Maryland Democratic Congressman Elijah Cummings why Democrats won't put politics aside and vote with Republicans. Then we'll hear from voters in Arizona, where immigration is a fact of life. What do they think of what's going on in Washington?
4: I'm 100% behind Al Trump. We finally got a leader that does something.
1: I think that
5: we're stepping on the grounds of human rights, beyond Republican or Democrat. I think that this is just escalating very, very dramatically and very,
1: very badly. And in a new CBS News YouGov Battleground Tracker survey, voters nationwide weigh in on immigration and more. Plus, plenty of analysis on all the news, all coming up on Face the Nation. Good morning and welcome to Face the Nation. Protests continued over the weekend as the Department of Health and Human Services announced that there are 2,053 minors still in their custody, but that they knew the location of all of the children and created a task force to reunite them with their families. The agency said that 522 children previously in the custody of Customs and Border Protection have been reunited with their families, and another 16 children will be by later today. But the question of a permanent fix for what to do with the families who cross the border illegally is stalled in Congress, despite pressure building for all sides to come together and address the controversial issue of immigration. We begin with Tennessee Republican Senator Bob Corker, Chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. He joins us from Chattanooga this morning. Uh, Senator Do you believe the U.S. was committing a a human rights violation by separating migrant families?
6: Well, Margaret, it obviously is not something that uh, um, is realistic. It's not something that appreciates uh, these young children, and it certainly was done in a ready, fire, aim way, obviously. There was no preparation for it. I can't imagine any American's heart not going out to these families knowing these children are being separated. And then where were they going? So I'm glad the administration took the steps they took. Uh, That's led to another crisis, if you will, because of the 20-day rule that exists. And so, you know, the administration obviously made a large mistake. I know that some in the White House want to use the immigration issue as a as a a force to activate the base for elections, Um, but obviously the president realized that was a mistake, Uh, and now it's up to us in Congress to work with them to come up with a longer term solution.
1: Well, on that solution, you're supporting legislation that would essentially allow for longer term detention of families, but to be held together. Isn't this just indefinite detention at taxpayer expense?
6: Yeah, so, so look, Margaret, uh, I wish that we had passed the, the bill. Uh, the House could have made it better that came out in 2013 that was comprehensive. We keep trying to deal with these micro issues, all of which are important, whether it's DACA or this issue. I, I, I realize that before the election, that's very unlikely to occur, but we need to deal with the whole of the issue. We've got uh, worker needs in our country. Uh, we've got this issue of we we do need to be a nation of laws, and so we need to look at the whole thing. In the interim between now and November, it's likely we will only deal with some of the micro issues. And the issue you just raised is is a problem. So, do you even have a got have to have to the votes
1: this. to deal with that micro issue in the Senate?
6: I, I hope we will. I know that uh, uh, Jim Jordan's coming on next. I know the House um, has some things that are coming up this week. Uh, but I hope that'll be the case. I think that the Cruz Feinstein bill, while I'm not sure every detail's been laid out in it yet, uh, but the fact that you've got two people with such ideological differences coming together on this issue does bode uh, for some hope in the Senate.
1: I want to ask you uh, about really kind of an American values question. Uh, if you take a look at the latest CBS News poll, our battleground tracker, it says 73% of Republicans say those who enter the U.S. should be punished as an example of toughness, while 27 percent said they should be treated well as an example of kindness. What does that say to you about the identity of your party right now?
6: Margaret, look, uh, we do need to be a nation of laws and we need to to get this right and we need to cause legal immigration uh, to be easier than it is. We've got needs in our country. I've just never been a part of a group that hated someone uh, for wishing something better for their life. Uh, Maybe they have a little different color of their skin and they speak differently. I just have never hated someone who traveled uh, through tough conditions to try to come to a place where they could realize their dreams. And so I'm just not part of that group that uh, wants to punish. What I do want to do is make sure that But the majority of
1: Republicans polled identify as part of that group.
6: Yeah, I understand. And uh, I think it's a shame that what we've done with immigrants is to try to cause them to be a part of a terrorist group. Uh, I mean, many of these people truly, especially in Central America, are living in in terrible conditions. Um, And again, we need to be working with Central American governments, many of whom I've met with, on the issues there to make sure that in those countries there's more opportunity uh, to live without the threat of crime. But uh, look, we need to enforce our laws, and when people break them, obviously, especially over and over again, there needs to be uh, a punishment, quote, quote, uh, but look, I, I, again, we've got to realize these people are wanting to live in a place like we live. We're the most fortunate people on earth to live in this country. Yeah. That's why people are drawn to us. And, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to enforce laws out of a sense of, of hate or um, animosity towards people who want to live a life like I do.
1: I also want to ask you about uh, a fight that you have been willing to have with the president, and that's over trade and tariffs. Um, You recently accused your fellow Republicans of being cultish for not trying to block the president and support your action to Mm. rein in his ability to escalate uh, through more tariffs. Do you see any ability for Republicans to stop the president?
6: I do. And and Margaret, if I could make sure people understand, there's a 201 section of the Trade Act that uh, right now is against China dealing with washing machines and solar panels. There's our 301 component to deal with their theft of our uh, uh, intelligence here in the country, their theft of what our companies are using to create products. Um, That's not what I'm speaking to. The president broadly has use section 232 of the trade act which is national security it's absolutely an abuse of his authority authorities it's being used against our european allies canada mexico and many other countries and the president has backing successfully off. President's not backing off. he's not it has successfully united the world against us there's not a person at the white house that can articulate why they are doing this other than to create leverage in, on nafta and I don't know of a senator that isn't concerned about the broad use of this. So the amendment, Margaret, uh, is just to say that if he's going to use 232, which has never ever been used in this way, it's absolutely an abuse of authority. If he's going to use it once, he, once he completes negotiations on tariffs, he should bring it to Congress. It's our responsibility. By the way, Margaret, you know a tariff is a tax on Americans. How Presidents do you get this pass, cannot though? put tax well i think i think there's a jailbreak brewing i really do i think people especially as these tariffs are being put in place against us these countermeasures and as people realize yeah. that twenty two thousand companies twenty two thousand companies have asked for exemptions the white house is only or the commerce department is only dealt with ninety eight of those there's no basis to deal with them but it's not unlike what happened on the immigration issue, where there was no preparation. Are they going to grant these exclusions based on political contributions?
1: Senator, we've got to... Are they going to
6: base them on something else? So so we're getting ready to have a similar situation to what happened on the immigration policy, and I'm hoping there will be a jailbreak and that we will move towards passing this legislation.
1: We will watch for that jailbreak, Senator. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We turn now to Ohio Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. He's a member of the conservative House Freedom Caucus. He's just outside Columbus this morning. Uh, Congressman, thank you for joining us.
7: You bet. Good to be Uh, with you.
1: Thank you. Uh, How should Americans view those fleeing across the border? Should they view them as victims or as criminals?
7: I think we should, America is the most welcoming country on the planet, but you gotta, you got to follow the law, and Secretary Nielsen has been real clear. You show up to a, a port of entry, your family will be kept together, you will go through the process, and we'll see if you're actually a legitimate asylum seeker. What I do know is when I uh, was in our office just a week and a half ago, they told me 80% of the folks seeking asylum wind up not getting it. They're not actually eligible for it. So we want to sort that all out, do it in a way that's consistent with the law. Well, the administration we also has narrowed
1: to, the definition for claiming asylum as well. You can no longer this claim is your per, This is gang violence.
7: 80%. 80, 80, this is straight from the, the folks at, at Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So they're, they're telling me the number. 80% aren't actually legitimate asylum seekers. We need to sort that out but yeah we want to welcome folks who come here for legitimate reasons who want to who do it by the rule of of law who follow the law we want to welcome them here but mostly what we want to do margaret is the mandate from the 2016 election was real clear. The American people made Donald Trump president, made Republicans the majority in the House and the Senate to build the border security wall, stop chain migration in the sanctuary city policy, reform our asylum laws, get rid of the visa lottery, and then also deal with the DACA population. That legislation, which was consistent with that mandate and the promise we made to the American people, was on the floor just three days ago and fell a few votes short of passing, got 193 votes. That's the focus that we should be. Well, it failed. Uh, that, that should be our focus, and that should be the legislation it that failed. should be It failed, and the president now says this
1: compromise bill is kind of a waste of time. What, what are you going to vote on that?
7: Well, the compromise bill was pulled because it was going to get a lot less votes. If our leadership had whipped, had put the same whip effort behind that immigration legislation, Chairman Goodlatte's legislation, It would have passed. It was that close to passing. Do you know something we don't have that vote on on the
1: compromise bill been canceled?
7: It hasn't been canceled, but the reason it was, it wasn't, it was supposed to happen Thursday night, then it was supposed to happen Friday, and it still hasn't happened. And the reason it hasn't happened, because it would have got a lot less votes than the conservative bill, the one that is consistent with the mandate of the election, consistent with what we told the American people we would do if they put us in office. That bill got 193 votes and was just 19 votes short of passing On last Thursday. But
1: when it comes to that question of a narrow issue that Senator Corker was talking about, simply allowing families to be detained together uh, and and getting rid of this 20 day uh, limit um, that's affected the separation policy, would you support something like that in the House, like is being proposed in the Senate?
7: Yeah, but Chuck Schumer is the problem. My my colleague, Mark Meadows, has a bill that would address the situation, keep families together, but do it in a way where we can actually find out and and follow the rule of law. Senator Cruz has a bill, but Chuck Schumer says, no, 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 we're not going to bring it up. Because the Democrats really deep down what they care about is catch and release, what they want is open borders and what they want is the political issue. They don't want to solve the problems. They don't want to keep families together and adjudicate this and have it go through the hearing process and do it in a way that's consistent with the rule of law. They don't want to do that. Chuck Schumer was clear. He held up the pen and said, we're not going to to support Mr. Meadows' legislation or, or Senator Cruz's legislation. So yeah, I'm, I'm for fixing that. Do you think the administration my, my good has, Mark this, has introduced the bill?
1: Do you think this the administration has handled this family separation issue well? Should there be an investigation into how this was carried out?
7: The president has issued his executive order. the The problem is the, the twenty fix, day, as you just said. The the, the the problem is the twenty day rule. The Flores right. decision. And now that is in conflict with keeping families together for a longer period of time because the rule says you have to, you, you can only detain children for 20 days. We want to do that in a way that keeps the families together. So we, we have legislation to address that. But again, as I said, Senator Schumer doesn't want to support any legislation to fix the problem. Well, I,
1: I want to, there's so much more we could talk about on this topic, but I want to ask you about uh, one of the committees you're on and um, a deposition this week or, or some testimony this week from Strzok, FBI yeah. agent, exactly, Peter Strzok, um, who for our viewers was removed from the special counsel investigation for some disparaging text messages he had sent about the president what do you want yeah. to know from him
7: well we're gonna have a lot of questions for him but uh, i think some of the things are who did he talk to in the course of the russian investigation because remember a couple key things margaret On July 31st, 2016, Peter Strzok opens the Russian investigation. He was the lead agent on that investigation after being, of course, the lead agent on the Clinton investigation as well. He opens that investigation. Eight days later, there's the text message that says we'll stop Trump. One week after that, on August 15th, is the text message that says we have an insurance policy. So obviously we will want to dig into that. We will want to know who were you talking to at the time? How many times did you travel overseas? Did he talk to key people? For example, do you think Peter Strzok may have talked to Glenn Simpson or or Christopher Steele? Those Mm -hmm. are the kind of questions that I think need to be asked, and I'll look forward to this deposition. It's scheduled for Wednesday of of this week.
1: We'll be watching for that. Congressman, thank you.
7: You bet. Thank you.
1: Coming up next, we'll talk with Maryland Democrat Elijah Cummings. He made that emotional plea to his Republican colleagues on Capitol Hill last week.
3: What's your next adventure? Everyone deserves a chance to do what they love.
2: Need you? Those children need you, and I'm talking directly to my Republican colleagues. We need you to stand up to President Trump. We need you to join us in telling him that we reject this mean policy.
1: We are back with Maryland Representative Elijah Cummings. He is the top Democrat on the Oversight and Government Reform Committee, which is the chief investigative committee in the House. And we'll ask you about some of that in a moment, but I want to bring you back to the topic of the day, which is immigration. Um, President Trump describes the Democrats as purely resistance, Mm -hmm. obstructionist, being pro-criminal and pro-open borders. Mm -hmm. What exactly is the Democrats' platform on immigration?
2: That we want to be humane. We want to make sure that these families are reunited after the president created this false crisis. Um, And we want to to get these families back together again. We want to get rid of this zero-tolerance policy uh, that has been uh, announced by the president. And we want to make sure, as Senator Corker says, that people are given an opportunity to pursue and and legally uh, pursue uh, an opportunity to be a part of the United States of America.
1: When you say the zero tolerance policy for President Trump, the change there has been to criminally prosecute right. those who cross the border with their children. Right. Are you arguing that that should not be the case? They should not be considered criminals?
2: I think these are basically these are mis- misdemeanor charges. Um, the problem is, is that Sessions, Attorney General Sessions, has said, as you stated a little bit earlier, that uh, gang violence and domestic violence could not be used anymore with regard to asylum. Well, everybody everybody has a right to assert an asylum request. Um, here, we have a situation where they basically cut off, and Jordan said it too, they basically cut, are trying to cut off people from even having that opportunity to assert asylum. So... And um, gang
1: violence is obviously being discussed because it is such a huge issue for those fleeing from El Salvador.
2: Uh, yes, and it also, and as far as domestic violence, it affects women tremendously.
1: Right. So the administration argues, though, that if you went back to the Obama-era policy of prosecuting these individuals I- in civil proceedings, mm-hmm. that it allows for what they call catch and release, that mm-hmm. individuals wouldn't be detained, they'd be set free into mm-hmm. the middle of the country mm-hmm. and simply asked to come back.
2: Well, what, if you look at back at the statistics, you'll see that basically what happened was uh, a, lot, a huge percentage of those, overwhelming percentage, those people were given a- ankle bracelets and basically allowed to stay with their families. And then and, and they returned to court to, to uh, go through the process. Um, and I think that's but a much understand- humane, more humane way to deal with But people. you
1: understand that to a large percentage of America, that sounds like it's a get-out-of-jail-free card.
2: No, it's, yeah, I, I can understand that. But what we're doing now... Uh, I think is far worse. We're um, placing kids, and by the way, kids who will be harmed for the rest of their lives, and that's by, by the way, child abuse. Um, we're placing them in a bad situation. Um, and again, this is something that worked, and is a lot less expensive. And by the way, we, and we have no clue as to what this is costing the United States and how these contracts, contracts are being given out. The urgency right now is to get these young people back with their parents.
1: I want to ask you uh, about sort of a question of the tone or lack of civility right Mm now. Uh, Over the weekend, Sarah Sanders, the president's uh, press secretary, was refused service at a restaurant in Virginia because of who she works for. Her father, the former governor of Arkansas, also tweeted out a photo showing MS-13 gang members or claiming that's who these men were um, and called them Democrat Nancy Pelosi's campaign committee. Some heard that as racist. What do you make of, of this kind of discourse? First of all, right I now? think
2: as far as the restaurant incident, I think the uh, restaurant owners should have served her. I, I really do. Um, but the, this tone is horrible. But again, I think President Trump has created this um, since he's become president even before. He's basically given people license to, uh, to state things that are ugly And those things then turn into actions, as we can now see. Um, But we've got to get away from this, and we've got to concentrate on what is important at this moment. Um, And we've got to get a—he's got to be more competent. Even the policies that he likes, he has not been very good at executing. Um, And so we've got to find a way to address that.
1: Very quickly, anything that you want to respond to in terms of Peter Strzok, the FBI agent?
2: I'm looking forward to to hearing from him, but the Republicans have not uh, told us anything. We don't even know whether we'll be invited, Democrats, to the deposition.
1: Wow. Uh, Thank you very much, Congressman. We will be back with more Face the Nation in a moment and a look at what the voters are saying about immigration. Coming up next, CBS News political correspondent Ed O'Keefe traveled to Phoenix late last week where he spoke with four voters, two Republican and two Democrat. They had a lot to say about immigration. Here's a preview.
8: You're Arizonans. Um, How would you describe Washington, D.C.? Is it swampy, as the president suggests? It's it's a very confused
5: uh, battlefield is, is the way I see it the news changes every day um, and I think that the narrative that's being brought out is very um, we're on very polar opposite sides is what we're hearing right so I think that we're drifting away further and further away from a middle ground
9: I would say definitely divided which makes it kind of tough to really side with like a significant or like a singular senator or like legislator or you know even president sometimes so I think it's honestly just a pretty divided area. You get two different stories um... You know, the president says one thing, he has to lock up the children, and then he says um, it's, be- it's because of the Democrats. Yeah, it's real frustrating um, and scary, too.
8: We look at that situation as it unfolds these past few days. We see Congress struggling to come up with some kind of a solution. Who's to blame for this?
4: Trump. <laughs> well, we have a border. It's illegal to cross the border without permission.
8: Who in Washington should take the lead on trying to come up with a solution? Congress. The
9: Department of Homeland Security, I think. The last thing I want to see is a giant wall across our country. I mean, we're not China. We're not um, Berlin. Some strong feelings. We'll
10: hear more from those voters when we come back. I used to think that all diet and weight loss plans were the same. Well, not anymore, because I found Noom. Noom is a new and totally different approach to losing weight and getting healthy that uses psychology and small goals to help change your habits. So it's easy to lose the weight and keep it off for good. Noom combines the power of technology with real human support, offering as little or as much help as you want along the way. And since Noom is an app, it's always with you and easy to use, which makes it super easy to stay on track and reach your goals. Plus, it's really simple to get started. Just go online, answer a few quick questions, and they'll create a personalized program just for you. Noom helped me lose my old way of thinking about food and dieting. So what do you have to lose? Visit noom.com slash podcast, N-O-O-M.com slash podcast, and start your 14-day trial today. Like they say, change your habits, change your mind, and change for good with Noom.
1: We'll be back in just a moment with a lot more Face the Nation. So stay with us. Welcome back to Face the Nation. We have some brand new CBS News YouGov Battleground Tracker poll numbers looking at how the immigration crisis could affect the midterm elections. CBS News Elections and Surveys Director Anthony Salvanto is here with us along with CBS News political correspondent Ed O'Keefe, who traveled this past week to Arizona, a border state with a very competitive Senate race, to talk with a focus group of voters about immigration, the president, and more. So, Ed, what did you find?
8: Well, look, we spoke with four voters, two Republicans, one with very strong feelings about the president, one that leans conservative, and two Democrats. And, you know, they didn't have much in common, but what they did have in common his strong feelings about immigration, and who exactly they think is crossing the border.
4: We're being inundated with people from all over the world that come across that border, and we don't know anything about them. And uh, a lot of people have lost their lives on account of it on mf 13
9: This country is a country of immigrants. Uh, you know, uh, your parents came here from somewhere else. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm talking MS-13. You know what MS-13s are?
9: So, we're going to deny people a safe haven because there's a few bad ones?
4: There's not just a few bad ones, there's thousands of
9: them. One of my biggest
5: concerns is with such opposing forces of opinion that, that lead the country where it is. So, when you're dealing with somebody like Trump, the issue that happens there is that coming out of the gate, there's so much toxicity in the statements that are made. Okay. I'm a Mexican immigrant. I am a United States citizen. I am not here to rape anybody, nor is my family, nor am I here to sell drugs, right? I condemn those people. I did it the right way, right? You could say, I didn't come here seeking asylum. That wasn't my case.
8: When you guys see what's transpired in the last few days, the stories about young children, kids up into their teens being separated and put in different facilities. Karine, when you see those images oh, of- it breaks
9: my heart. <laughs> You know, a woman can't watch that without um, without feeling, you know, a desire to, you know, to stop that. And do they have the, the way to take care of them the way they should? It, you know, they're laying on um, sleeping bags with uh, aluminum foil, you know, wrappers on them. So, yeah, it's hard
4: to watch. You know, a lot of those people are here illegal. They come across the board. They knew they were... When they come across that border, they were coming illegally.
9: I kind of see like both sides of it. You know, I see like the absolute uh, humanitarian aspect of like wanting to help the people out, um, but then the same or the opposite side of that that coin. You know, of trying to keep like our own citizens safe.
1: Anthony, you hear people talking about immigration as a threat or as an American value here in in, in this conversation. What does this mean for some of the very heated? races that we are seeing. What are you seeing out there in your poll numbers?
11: Well, what you heard from the gentleman, that description of gang members, is something that we're hearing in the polling from the president's supporters, from Republicans, whether they live 20 miles from the border or 2,000 miles from it. Um, We asked them to describe who it was that they thought was coming across the border and why. And you did see the president's supporters more likely to say that at least some or gang members and criminals, but folks on the left and Democrats, a lot of independents, describe them as people looking for work, describe them as people who are fleeing violence. Those very different conceptions affect what you think of policy because that affects what you think of the people who are impacted by it. And then we see these big differences on what happens next. So, to your point about what happens in the midterms, you've got big differences on whether the government should prioritize reunifying the families who've been separated with Republicans saying it's a lower priority, Democrats saying it's a higher one, and Republicans saying the president has fixed this problem, Democrats saying that he hasn't, and there are more Democrats who say it will be a factor in their vote in the midterms coming up.
1: Ed, what is, when Pete was talking about MS-13 and feeling threatened, that's not a huge issue in Arizona. No. Where is that sense coming from?
8: He, He told us, he made clear early on in the conversation that he frankly, watches a lot of Fox News and, and listens to talk radio. And I think uh, it seems that some of it is coming from that. He used to live in California and says he saw communities uh, in Southern California transform over several years. It's an experience that mirrors what a lot of the president's supporters and what a lot of people who fear uh, these you know, I- illegal immigrants uh, have said in the past. And what, what I found most striking, though, uh, is that he... Uh, express less concern, I think, for the plight of these families than others at the table, and that is actually reflected in in the polling this week. There's a a sizable chunk of Republicans or supporters of the president who say they are less concerned about the plight of those families and more concerned about enforcing immigration policy. I think there are other people in this country who would be quite shocked by that because they see keeping families together as a more American ideal. But, um, you know, it's it's an incredibly... uh, Emotional issue for people out there because they're on the border Uh, and it's something that has dominated especially local politics for several years
1: and the president thinks this is a good issue to run on he said that going into November but what about Texas Arizona Florida some of these very competitive races.
11: Right. Um, In Texas, you know, the Democrats would like to try to pick up a Senate seat. But uh, the incumbent senator, Ted Cruz, we find in our polling has a substantial lead. You know, that's a high that's a high hurdle for Democrats to get over. In Arizona, another border state with a hot Senate race, our polling finds that the Democrats have a very good chance to pick up a seat. But they may have to trade it for Florida. And that's another place where we poll where it looks like the incumbent Senator Bill Nelson is in trouble Governor Rick Scott is running against him and has a slight lead. But, you know, in all of this, what it, we see these big differences in when people describe the way in which we ought to approach the immigration problem between the idea of toughness and the idea of kindness and what kinds of values that represents. We've got people who say that because they've committed a crime, they have to be dealt with in a tough and very punitive manner. And we've got people who say that being kind reflects American values. Those big differences seem like there's a massive gap between us that I think will have to be borne out as these races go forward. So,
1: Ed, apart from the emotional, tell me about the economic. What did you hear from folks? Yeah,
8: this actually was quite revealing because, you know, Republicans have been saying that they plan to campaign on the strength of the economy, on the success of their tax reform plan. They had very different opinions, divided opinions on immigration. But when it came to the economy, look at how much they agreed things are actually doing all right. To, to borrow a, an a phrase that Ronald Reagan once used, do you feel you're better off than you were two years ago?
9: That's tough to answer. Um, I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah, that I am. Uh, just having looked at, like, you know, how the S&P 500 has been trading, like NASDAQ and things like that, I would say that, that uh, yeah, that I am up. Corrine? Um, better off than two years ago, yes, the, the tax plan has put more money on my paycheck.
8: So you've seen a difference?
9: Yes, yes.
8: Christina?
5: Personally, i I mean, in the past two years I've seen an increase in wage because I switched jobs, right? So I'm chasing a- another job to make more money as a salary base. Um, I'm not an economist, but I mean, if I'm seeing gas prices go up, I'm seeing mortgage rates go up, that concerns me.
4: Pete? I'm satisfied with the economy. It's going down. It's going to get better. Be- it's upward bound.
1: So, Anthony, are people going to vote their pop- pocketbooks and put aside the immigration upset?
4: Well, across
11: the board, people do say the economy is good. They say their local economy is good. They think the national economy is good. It's true that optimism is high, and it's pretty clear that that is buttressing the president's approval ratings, keeping them at least very steady. Um, the folks opposed to him are a little bit, a little bit less optimistic, but even they think the economy is pretty good.
1: All right. Thank you both. We'll be right back.
0: Memories make us laugh and cry. And sometimes cringe when we look back at our fashion choices. But in between flashbacks of bowl cuts and dad jeans, our memories are fading, and so is the old media that holds them. Hi, I'm Adam Baselogger. And I'm Nick Mako, and we're the founders of Legacy Box. Legacy Box is the easiest and safest way to preserve your family memories. Here's how it works. Fill Legacy Box with your outdated media, we professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. Look, those forgotten home movies, VHS tapes, film reels, and photos are degrading right before your eyes. Experience peace of mind and enjoy reliving the glory days. Join more than half a million families who have already trusted Legacy Box. Save your memories today. Visit LegacyBox.com save. And for a limited time, get 40% off your order. That's LegacyBox.com slash save. For forty percent off, legacybox.com/slash/save.
1: Now for some political analysis, Shannon Pettypiece is a White House correspondent for Bloomberg News. Leslie Sanchez is a CBS News political contributor. Paula Reed is a CBS News correspondent, and we talked Ed O'Keefe into sticking around for Mm -hmm. another segment. (laughs) Um, I want to pick up on what actually. What the president just tweeted, which was, we can't allow these people to invade our country. That language there, uh, Leslie, some will read that as code. Senator Corker said the president's trying to activate the base ahead of November. What is achieved here? Absolutely. It's a cringeworthy statement because for the
12: last multiple decades, many within the Republican Party are trying to say, do not dehumanize one group over another. Don't say those people versus our people. We need more inclusive language. When you say these are those, you're separating them from the base, the core of fundamentally trying to protect America as if it's a different thing. For some, it will galvanize because it sends a message that I am focused on ensuring that we are putting the best foot forward in protecting U.S. sovereignty, protecting America's borders, um, and and distancing them from us.
1: And but the president would argue that this is about, as he would lay out, you know, merit-based immigration. This is not about letting people. He uses language that describes sort of flooding, coming Mm. over the border, uncontrolled situation.
13: I I don't even think it's code. I think he is very clear in what he is saying. And when he talks merit-based immigration, he is very clear. I mean, those comments he made in private in the Oval Office uh, that he wanted more people from Norway and West you know, fewer people from Africa and the African nations. He's very clear about where he is on this. Um, And this issue of immigration is one of the most powerful issues for his base. Uh, From the moment he announced his candidacy, when he came out and made those remarks that Democrats gasped at about uh, some immigrants being murderers and rapists, That lit a fire under his candidacy very early on. A lot of his supporters saw that and said, who's that guy? I want to vote for him. And I was at that Duluth rally on Wednesday, and the moment that the crowd was the most engaged was those conversations about immigration. That's when they were most engaged. That's when they were most fired up. This is a key issue for him. When I talk to people involved with the campaign, they say he cannot go soft on immigration. His supporters want that wall.
1: What's so interesting is that what you're describing is a motivating thing for people to go and vote. But, Ed, then their elected representatives, when they get here, immigration becomes something that is totally paralyzing, right. and they can't legislate around it. It has
8: them. been this entire century. These two parties haven't been able to sort it out. Uh, they're going to try again in the House, we think, this week. Uh, you talked to Jim Jordan earlier about this sort of compromise bill, compromise among Republicans, because this is something that just poisons the well among Republicans so much these days. This bill is unlikely to pass, according to Aids, according to what Congressman Jordan suggested. Uh, And that is fine in a short-term political sense for several moderate Republicans who will go home to swing districts this fall because now they'll be able to say, well, at least we tried. At least we had a vote. And we're on the record as supporting, you know, changes to DREAMers and, and money for the border and all these other things, and the Democrats voted against it but it's not going to solve the problem. And yes, there are attempts right now to perhaps address this issue of family separation, uh, but even over in the Senate, there's no real appetite to to have these discussions. And, you know, I I just, you, you look at this issue this week, and, you know, we talk about family separation. I think one thing we have to remember in this immigration debate, in most cases, the people crossing the border have already been separated from their family. They left Guatemala. They left El Salvador. And maybe as a society and as journalists, we should be worrying not just about what the American Congress is going to do, but what's the El Salvadoran Congress Mm -hmm. going to do? What's the Honduran Congress going to do? What's the Guatemalan National Assembly going to do? Mm -hmm. Because something's not going right. And if the United States were perhaps as a society, as journalists, as lawmakers, as a president, focus a little more on them and say, what can we do to keep them here? Perhaps, you know, this issue will start to mitigate. So.
12: That's the balanced part of the coin. And if you remember the debate going back in 1996 when we were talking about reform in the 90s, even decertification of Mexico, which Clinton had to face in 1999, was about Mexico not handling the narco-trafficking, all the yeah. drugs crossing over. So it was putting pressure on Mexico, different parts of Latin America, you don't see, and the the argument was there's no bilateral relations, it's going to really damage, but there is not a conversation about specifically what is happening, the push-pull within those countries. Mm -hmm. You just see the humanitarian crisis. I mean, the
13: president does have two solutions. One, pull aid from countries like El Salvador who are not taking immigration seriously, and two, put in NAFTA an immigration clause that if you don't crack down on immigration, we're going to punish you. So a solution that's far different than a lot of people are
1: probably thinking, but that's his approach. Paula, I want to ask you about those children who are directly affected right now. There are still about 2,000 in U.S. Mm -hmm. detention uh, that the administration is trying to reunify. According to our latest poll, though, this is interesting. When asked if this should be a high priority to get kids and their parents back together, 75 percent of Democrats said it's not a high priority or sorry, it is a high priority, while only 23% of Republicans said it was a high priority to reunify. Well, it's
14: interesting to look at the administration. Clearly, they're aligned with their base because in the hours following this executive order, we were talking to top Justice Department officials and there was no plan and it didn't appear any consideration to how to reunify these children uh, with their parents. And as of right now, uh, this number stands at about, as you said, 2,000. Customs and Border Patrol, they were able to reunify about 500 kids. Um, But as of right now, they say they know where these 2,000 children are, but there is no grand plan for how to reunify them. And in about three weeks, unless Congress Congress takes action or a judge in California agrees to modify this rule that says you can only keep a child in federal detention for 20 days, they're going to have to once again start separating families again and have to add to that number. So it is really surprising that over the course of this week, reunifying those children with their families has not been a top priority.
1: And that is that Flores ruling, that time duration you talked about. And Senator Corker was saying they He thinks there might be some way to legislate to give the administration essentially more time. But that just means keeping families behind bars.
14: Exactly. And then you're going to run into litigation over whether or not you can indefinitely detain children. Um, And children will then be forced to sort of decide, do you want to argue to stay with your family in detention indefinitely up against that 700,000 case backlog? Could take years or do you want to be separated from your family? But as of right now, the executive order, it did not change the administration's policy. They will continue to prosecute every adult who crosses the border illegally. The only difference is now they're trying to keep families together while they do that. But obviously no clear solution on that 20-day deadline yet because it doesn't seem like Congress is going to get anything passed. You know,
1: the president doesn't like backing down. And That's essentially what he did in this reversal though he's still pushing us as a campaign issue.
13: I mean, he even acknowledged publicly that this was a very difficult line for him to walk between uh, being tough on immigration and seeming like he didn't have a heart. I know this was something that they struggled with. Uh, within the White House, it was very obvious. Once this became a visual story, once there were photos, once there was audio, that, that something had to be done. But that executive order also did something where it knocked the legs out from under a lot of attempts in Congress, It pulled away any leverage Congress had to say, listen, we have to do something immediately. Look at the videos, look at the photos, look at these sounds. We have to act. Once that executive order was out there, it took a lot of pressure off Congress. So if there was maybe a 10 percent chance something would happen, I think it's probably now probably around a 2 to 5 percent chance.
8: Yeah. No, it it took the legs out from under it. And again, they'll try this week. Uh, There is even if this House uh, compromise bill fails, there are. Proposals to just focus on the family, mm-hmm. so to speak, and um, and but even that may not make it through. And the the issue over in the Senate is you've got two competing proposals that would essentially allow the families to stay together, and the question will be. Do they stay behind bars together, or can right. they be released? Catch and release is something the president campaigned against and Republicans
10: don't like.
12: I think there's many Republicans who feel it was an unnecessary evil, um, And just to put stark contrast on that. But there's, if you back up on this issue a little bit and you look, the president found America's pain point. And it wasn't so much even the pictures mm. as the audio. And a lot of Republicans I talked to, even bundlers, people that put big amounts of money together, said when they heard the cries of the children without visual... Being separated, that was the moment where America knew this was too far, and that 's when the president retreated
1: well, Leslie where are Democrats on this though because you aren 't hearing an alternative proposal being put forward
12: This is exactly what they 're going to say so if the politi- if the president 's political pulse He's very acute at understanding where this movement, where this wave is. This is breaking up the status quo and the establishment Republican base that's never done anything more, many Republicans would argue, than 10 percent better than the Democrats. This is actually forcing border, border security and some sort of enforcement on, on, on the U.S.-Mexico border. Now we're talking about even a pathway to citizenship for DACA hardliners would never have had that kind of conversation. So it's really, in some ways, people say it's the pressure on the Democrats. It's the pressure on the Republicans. And if you think about it, it is a very galvanizing issue, to her point, for November. I am doing something about it. It's relays, um, kind of increased the collective consciousness on it. And while we always said, to Ed's point, that immigration is taboo because it depresses ethnic minority vote, this mm-hmm. conservative Latino vote, in this case, it galvanizes the rest yeah. of his and, Trump base. And
14: for years,
13: uh, Republicans have wanted to avoid immigration. It's the third rail of <laughs> Republican <laughs> politics. I've never no, seen no. Republicans fight over anything as strongly as they fight over immigration. And this president has forced that issue to the surface. He has forced them to talk about it, forced them to confront it.
1: Uh, jailbreak is what... Bob Corker forewarned. Yeah. Another issue among Republicans is trade policy right, right now.
8: It's going to be a huge issue in Midwestern states. It's going to be a huge issue in the race to succeed Corker in Tennessee, because these are states that rely on manufacturing, on the manufacturing sector, uh, and they're going to take a hit, and, and I think people are already worried about it. But there's fear
1: among Republicans to stand up to the president Totally, because they'll
8: end up like Bob Corker or Mark Sanford in South Carolina. The problem is they're going to start getting phone calls, They're going to be confronted by voters uh, as they go home on the weekends, and they're going to be able to come back to the president and say, "I, I, I have no choice. You have to be able to tweak this.
1: Paula, real quickly, on Peter Strzok, the FBI agent, and this deposition this week. What do Americans need to pay attention to here?
14: Well, this is, the, this is the next phase of undermining the origins of the Russia probe. And after we have the inspector general report, there are some text messages that Strzok sent for which there is no explanation. There is nothing that is going to satisfy the you know, regular Americans. There's no reason that you would want to call a candidate you're investigating a quote, effing idiot, or talk about the way his supporters uh, smell. So this is going to be really fertile ground for the president and Republicans who want to undermine the Mm -hmm. origins of the Russia investigation, because not only was Strzok uh, leading the Clinton investigation, he was also leading the Russia investigation and working with Mueller until he was fired over these texts. So that's definitely
1: going to be something we will hear more about. All right. Thanks to all of you. We'll be back in a moment with a look at a big change for women in Saudi Arabia.
3: Are you having trouble sleeping? NFL players have been coached. Blue light from smart devices, it can affect your sleep. They'll even wear blue blocker glasses in the evening for improved sleep. Others will try tart cherry juice and smoothies. Not only can it help fight inflammation, but to help you sleep, it's got high amounts of natural melatonin that's beneficial for sleep. The other night, my girlfriend told me I was snoring way too much and even the earplugs weren't helping. So the next day, she took me to a sleep number store. Because if I was snoring, at least she could get a good night's sleep on a Sleep Number bed. Sleep Number beds allow you to adjust on each side to your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movement and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably through the night. With Sleep IQ technology inside the bed, it tracks how you're sleeping so you can know every morning how well you've slept and gain insights for your best sleep. Experience the smart, effortless comfort of the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Find your competitive edge with proven, quality sleep from $999. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find the one nearest you at sleepnumber.com slash cadence. That's sleepnumber.com slash C-A-D-E-N-C-E. Sleep Number.
1: Today marks the start of a new era in Saudi Arabia. Women are being allowed to drive legally for the first time. It's a practice taken for granted in most of the world. But for the Saudis, it's one more sign of changing times. CBS News foreign correspondent Holly Williams reports from Riyadh. Women here in Saudi Arabia have finally been given
15: the green light to drive. But at the same time, the Saudi authorities have been arresting women's rights campaigners. At the stroke of midnight last night, the second it became legal for them to get behind the wheel, these groundbreaking Saudi women hit the gas.
9: How are you feeling? I'm glad. I'm so happy and excited. Um, I came uh, from my home by myself (laughs) and no one can stop me.
15: It's been 28 years since a small group of brave Saudi women began demanding the right to drive, illegally taking the wheel, risking arrest and shaming their government. But they didn't get anywhere until the arrival of Saudi Arabia's new reforming crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. He's also allowed girls to play sport in public schools, opened cinemas for the first time in decades and permitted music to be performed in public a taboo for many conservative Muslims. Saudi rock band Most of Us wrote this song in support of women drivers, with apologies to Steppenwolf.
11: At the same period of the end of the 50s, back in the West, where liberation happened suddenly, so people are going through the same here.
15: But for Saudi women, legal equality is a long way off, they still need a male relative's permission to travel overseas or get married. And in recent weeks, several women's rights campaigners have been arrested. The government says they conspired against it. Others believe they're being punished simply for
1: criticizing
15: the authorities.
1: Our Holly Williams in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. We'll be right back. That's it for today. Thank you for watching. For Face the Nation, I'm Margaret Brennan. Today's guests were Tennessee Senator Bob Corker, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, and Maryland Congressman Elijah Cummings. The executive producer of Face the Nation is Mary Hager. This broadcast was directed by Allison Hawley. Face the Nation originates from CBS News in Washington. For more Face the Nation, we're online at facethenation.com, and you can follow Face the Nation and CBS Radio News on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Face the Nation is also rebroadcast on our digital network, CBSN, at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Eastern every Sunday.
0: If you like Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself Listen to Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.
15: Catch every episode of 60
13: Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.